Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. You see us. We just love on you today, God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for your goodness. God, we just thank you for being Abba. We thank you for being Father unto us, God. We just thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We magnify you for who you are, God. And God, as I go forth in your word, I thank you, God, that I have been. We have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. And I thank you for our helper and our teacher, our standby, our comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome in this place. We honor you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God is good. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis, the second chapter, verse 1 through verse 3. And let's hear what God has to say unto his people on today. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through verse 3. Hallelujah. And the word reads, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. You may be seated. I want to talk about resting in God. Resting in God. When we look at resting, it means to cease from your labor. That means everything stops. And I believe some of us think that we're resting in God. But I'll assure you, when things pop up, you're going to know if you're truly at rest. I'm going to say it again. You know, we can come every Sunday. We can come every Tuesday or Wednesdays or whenever you have Bible study whenever people have church. And sometimes we can have being the high hallelujahs. We can be good. But when things come, we know if we're truly at rest. When we hear bad report, we know if we're truly at rest. So I want to talk about resting in him because we need to get in a place, not before something happened, but you need to be in a place of rest every day. And some of us say, I am resting in him. But I assure you, when something pop up in your marriage, when something pop up with your children, when something pop up on your job, when something pop up dealing with your body, 
When something pop up, you're going to know whether or not you're resting in God. You're going to know whether or not you know him the way he need to be known. This is not a playing time. The devil is always on his job. And he does it quite well. So we need to get on our job as Christians, as saints, as the set-apart ones, and quit playing. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, quit playing. Say, quit acting like someone you're not. See, sometimes we can act like we're Christians, but truly we have not accepted him the way we need to accept him to be called a saint. We got to get in place and be real because when things happen in a split of a second, you don't have time to go in this word and find a scripture, y'all. You got to be full of life. And we have life in him. You got to be so full of the word that no matter what comes, that word is coming out of you just like a shotgun. You got to have your whole armor on at all times. Some of us says, I have my armor on, but I beg you to differ. Some of us can't even keep armor on when we're in an argument. Some of us don't even have armor on when we don't like what people say about us. I want you to know it's not about you. It's all about him and resting in him. First thing I want to talk about is knowing him. You cannot rest in nobody you don't know. We say we know him. You may know about him, but do you truly know him when things begin to act up in your life, when things begin to be turned upside down, when your finances ain't looking like you want them to look, when you can't do what you want to do or go where you want to go, or your body is not feeling the way it needs to feel, can you truly say you know God? We're in a time now that you better know. You better come acquainted with him like never before, y'all. Because we're living in an evil world and things are happening right around us, right amongst us. And some of us are so much in a carnal state that we don't even see what's going on around us until it's too late. This is why you got to be spiritual minded. The Bible says to be spiritual minded is life and peace, but to be carnally minded is death. So if you being carnally minded, death is all around you. But I don't know about you. I want to rest in him. I want to rest in him to the point of that when the storm come, I can still have some rest. So the first thing to have this rest is before I go there, remember cease mean to stop work. That means when you see something, it said when you rest in him, rest means you ceasing. You're not working. And the reason why God stopped is because everything was done. The Bible said it was finished. It was complete. When something is finished and complete, you don't have to do nothing else to it. I don't know about you ladies when I clean up the house. How many of y'all know when you're in a home and it just don't feel right? You can sit in the home and you can just feel like it's, it's dirty in here and need to be cleaned up. I, I, some of you women. Some of us can sit in filth and it's normal. Me, myself, and I, I wasn't raised up to, to sit in no filth. I was raised up with a godly grandmother and grandfather and that aunt sitting over there. I mean, she taught me how to clean some toilets, y'all. 
She may not remember about them toilets, but I remember she would blow them toilets up. If it was ammonia, Clorox, or whatever it was, it would blow it up. My daddy would too. Make sure you clean them toilets. But you couldn't put too much of this or that in there. It might pass out. But I was, um, when I grew up, we learned how to clean. We learned how to keep things clean. This is why I say women and men, you want to raise your children up in cleanliness. You don't want to raise them up to be nasty and just let them throw paper on the floor and just get up and walk off. That just irks me. Because it just ain't right for a child to throw something on the floor and they leave it and you sitting there watching. I'm going to another place. You sitting there watching the filth on the floor and you act like ain't nothing wrong with it. They act like ain't nothing wrong with it. And by the time they get in a marriage, then the man is wondering, who did I marry? Because it's the way they're brought up. It's the way that they're trained. The Bible say train a child in the way that they should go. And when they get old, they will not what? See, when they leave your house and they go to their house, they're going to keep their house clean like you kept your house clean. But if they hook up with somebody that's nasty, the nastiness is going to catch up with the cleanliness. And either they're going to become clean or they're going to become nasty. Look at your neighbor and say, watch out who you hook up with. So you might be hooking up with nasty. Ain't about no looking good blue eyes and a nice built this, that, or the other, or a woman that's uh, shaped all like this. You better know that then you know that you know. They may act clean when you're dating, but then when you get them, the stinking socks all over the place. Place is stinking, and you wonder where the stink coming from. Nasty, nasty, nasty. But God completed everything. He finished everything. And when he finished it, he could rest. Because he said, this is no do-over. I want y'all to catch this. Whatever God does, he don't do it over again. It's complete. He's not going to go back and redo it. So when God rested, this is our example to do what? To rest. And our rest is not in us. Our rest is in him. That's why the Bible says, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. So if I'm resting in myself, I don't know God the way I need to know him. I'm going to say it again. If I'm resting in me, I don't know God the way I need to know him because I'm trying to complete something that God has already completed. I'm trying to get something that God has already gotten for me. I don't know him. So God took me to a place on me and my husband's journey for eight days. And in that place that God took me on, I can truly tell you that I give God glory that I was in place. Because if I wasn't in place, I couldn't do what I done, nor could my husband do what he done for those eight days. Because you got to be in a place with God to get through whatever place is going to come upon you. So when I looked at this and as God was talking to me day by day in this place and that song that y'all heard, that was my worship for eight days. Eight whole days I had to remind myself, I belong to you. You inside of me, God. Oh, the whole thing. And I'm just giving God glory for eight whole days just in worship before him. Not looking at the situation, but looking at what he's already done. Not what he's going to do, y'all. I'm here to tell you. I was looking at God. 
I'm looking at what you already done. I have an expectancy, God, because you said it's finished. You said it's complete. So I can only go on what you saying. And I remember one morning I woke up and the enemy was just messing with my mind. This is going to happen. That is going to happen. Trying to get me anxious, trying to get me worried. Do y'all know about anxiety? Do y'all know about worry? You know, you can make them your best friend. Do you know you can take them with you everywhere you go? But I refuse to leave that apartment that day with worry and with anxiety. And at a moment, the Lord said, faith is believing in what you don't see. Faith is not sitting here trying to praise your way out, but faith is walking, knowing that it's already worked out. He said, so I don't want you to stay in the apartment trying to get a praise on to do something. I want you to walk in what you know I have already done. I said, I sure will, God. So I left and I was giving God glory. See, this is where we mess up at. We try to stay in a place Because we feel like if I'm in this place, God is working. God was at work over 2,000 years ago. So if you're staying in prayer to get God to do something, come on out. You got to be in prayer knowing that God has already done it. So you in prayer, giving him thanksgiving, giving him glory, giving him honor. Because you're saying, God, it's a done deal. I'm talking about rest here, y'all. I'm talking about how God will get you through something. That you think you can't go through. But this is why you have to know him. You have to become so acquainted with him. Not with your situation. See, I didn't have time to get acquainted with my situation. See, every morning I was up getting more acquainted with God. Developing my fellowship. Developing my relationship with him. Every morning up before dawn. Having my hands up saying, God, I give you glory. Because I belong to you. Here I am to worship. See, I had to get myself in a place before I can go into worship. We get into worship too quick thinking we've done something. Oh, God is good. So God was telling me, he said, in order for my people to have a rest in me, they have to really know me. On the cross when Jesus was being crucified, when everything was over in John the 20th chapter, 19, verse 30, he said, it's finished. Jesus had completed, he had carried out what God sent him to do, y'all. So he knew it was finished. He said, I'm not going to do a do-over. Everything that God wanted, it is finished. It is complete. So the first thing we got to do is, he said, it's to know me. And God took me back, y'all. First of all, knowing that he is God. He is the one and true living God. He's El El Yon. He's the most high God. You got to make him first and foremost in your life. And the only way you can do that is to be born again. Not born of this world, but born of God. That's accepting him as your Lord and as your savior. And when you accept him as the one and true and living God, and he's living on the inside of you, you want to get acquainted with The God you have accepted. God said, my people have to know me to the point that they know my ways. That they know my character. And if you spend time, I promise you what Abba. 
If you spend every day with Abba, when people see you, they're going to see him. They're not going to see you because you got his characteristics. You got his way of being. You got his way of doing things. You don't do it like the world do it. You do it opposite to what the world is doing. He said, my people have to know me for me. So he gave me the scripture in Psalms 103.7. It says, he made known his ways, that's his character, to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. What was the psalmist saying? What was happening is Moses wanted to know his character. Now, God showed his acts. He showed his power to the children of Israel. And if you go back on a journey dealing with the Israelites and what was going on in their lives, they were in Egypt. They were going through for 400 and some years. And they had to trust God to bring them out of that place. But it looked like when God told him he was going to bring them out, seemed like it got worse than better. Do y'all know what I mean? Seemed like things would get worse and it don't look like it's going to work out for you. It don't look like things is going to be the way that God say they're going to be. But that's the time you have to trust him. I don't know about you. The place that me and my husband was in for eight days. It was a place of knowing God. Knowing that what he said is what's going to be. Not what they're saying is going to be. So that was a place of trusting God. Relying on God. Knowing that he is who he say that he is. So those Israelites, they did come out, but we know that they had some situations going on. They needed water and God gave them water from a rock. And we know Jesus is that rock. And then they needed food. God gave them bread for heaven. Each time God gave them things, they were satisfied. But then when things popped up, they talked about their leaders. They talked about they were going to die in the wilderness. They didn't know God. See, they were going on the power of God. They were seeing the signs and wonders, but they didn't know him the way that Moses wanted to know him. So in order for Moses to know him that way, the Bible says in Exodus 33, 11, 15, it says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. That means that he was in the presence of the Lord. Moses stayed in the presence of the Lord. No matter what went on in his life, he went to the mountaintop. He went to prayer with the Lord. Now, let me tell you what Moses did. When you look at verse 12, it says, then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you also have found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. Only thing Moses wanted was to be acquainted with God. He knew if I become acquainted with God, everything else is going to fall in place. See, when you become acquainted with God and you get to know God, everything else is already taken care of because you know who God is. See, the problem is we do want the power of God to come and that should come. But if you don't know who God is, once the miracle is over with, you go back to the same place that you were. This is how the Israelites were. Each time God done something, oh, they loved the Lord then. Because the Lord was supplying for them. The Lord was fighting the battle for them. But then when they get back into another place, they go back mummering and complaining. Come on, we got some mummers and complainers in this house. Everything is good when God is speaking what you want him to speak. 
We, we, we love on the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When somebody is prophesying or prophesying over you, you are so happy. You are so grateful. Oh, I love the Lord. Oh, he is my friend. Oh, he's by me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. But then when something else come, what are you saying then? This is what the Israelites did. So they knew him by his acts, but Moses knew him by his ways. He knew him by his character. God said, I want you to know me. I want you to become so acquainted with me that no matter what comes your way, you know me. And if you know me, you know you're going to get through what you're going through. So then he began to say in 13, now, therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. So Moses said, if you don't go with us, Don't bring us up from here. Moses was so in love with God. He wanted to become so acquainted with God. He knew if you don't go, we don't go. See, he knew that as long as God was with them, they had everything that they need. Do we know as long as God is with us, no matter where we go, we have everything that we need. So Moses recognized that. And then it goes on to say in Exodus 33, 18 through 19. And this is what he said. And he said, please show me your glory. This is Moses. Show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So God was showing him his character. He was showing him his ways. He was letting Moses know who he was. So that's how Moses could get through what he was going through because he knew who God was. And on this journey that me and my husband took, I'm going to tell you something. God is who he say he is. God will do what he say he will do. But you got to get in position To hear what God has to say, no matter what they say, no matter what it appear to be like, you still got to stand your ground on God is who God say that he is. So this journey that me and my husband took, and some of you may have heard about this journey, is my daughter had to have a hole repaired in her heart. Not even the hole that was in her heart, it was a leaking valve as well. So she had to have open heart surgery. And through the whole process, we knew it for a while. But that wasn't the only thing she went through. In December, she went through another surgery. And in that surgery, they called a cold in that surgery. Then, after that surgery, six months later, here's another surgery. But through it all, this is why I say, you got to know him for yourself. You got to become acquainted with him for yourself. So through all that we was going through, God's work didn't stop. Through all that she was going through, she didn't stop working. Let me tell y'all something. You got to know that you know that you know. Everything that she went through because of the scripture, because of the encouragement. She working 12 hours 
straight days with all of this going on. Y'all ain't heard over half. And I'm not going to tell it all. But God knows. So through all of that, with the going through in the church, going through with people, people complaining, people murmuring, we still giving God glory. We still taking care of God's business through being lied on, through being talked about. We still doing what God is telling us to do in the midst of what we was hearing, in the midst of what they were saying. So it was a journey. And on that day, when it was time to leave her, in the hands of those doctors. I'll never forget what kept us. God kept us because we knew him. But I remember this child, the daughter of mine. Thank God for the upbringing that me and my husband brought our children up in. Faith, the scriptures. This girl was happy. She was telling me, she said, Mama, I want to tell you something. Y'all, my eyes got that big. I'm like, what else is it to tell? Haven't you told enough? (laughs) So I'm sitting there. She said, I want to tell you something. When they bring me out, you're going to hear a lot of noise. You're going to see a lot of things. Don't be alarmed, mama. She says, all right. So she was cheering us on. So we go back there and the doctor's back there. The anesthesiologist is back there. And she's saying, now I want you to know when you come out, you're going to have a breathing tube. You're going to have all of these things. And don't be alarmed. This is, this is just what's going to happen. She's telling her everything. The surgeon come out. This other doctor come out that was going to assist him. And he was an older man. And he stood there and he said, how did she make it this long? I said, God, I said it was God. So he knew it had to be God with what they saw. Let me tell you something. What they see don't mean God in at work. He said she worked 12 hours shifts with no problems. No, none whatsoever. 36 hours a week with no problems. Y'all ain't heard over the half. So the next surgeon, he come out and he was telling us what was going to happen. And he said, we're going to take care of her. I said, no, the Lord is going to take care of her. So they say it's going to be five and a half hours for all of this. He says, so no call is good news. So I told my husband, I said, I'm not sitting here. Let's go to the parking deck because I'm getting ready to get my praise on. So I got to the parking deck, me and my husband, I'm in the car. I said, God, I'm not thanking you for what I want done. I'm thanking you for what's already done. I'm thanking you that it's already done. I'm not depending on them to do nothing. God is already done. So I started speaking in my heavenly language. And God began to tell me to speak. I'm the script of her heart and the portion forever. Her heart is functioning The way I created it to function. Her heart is delivering the food and oxygen to every part of her body. I have created it to deliver too. Her heart is delivering the blood to every part of her body and flowing back to her heart with the oxygen renewed. I begin to glorify God, just giving him glory through the whole thing, praising God. So they called us back in at 1230. Now this was, we went in that hospital at 530 in the morning. He called us at 1230 because in between all this, they're doing a lot. 
He called us at 1230. And when he called us, it was like a silence. And he said, she done good. Another silence. She done good. He said, and the blood is flowing back to her heart. The way it's created to flow. And he said, we took out the breathing tube. She don't even need the medications. Y'all, I'm going to tell you, you got to know who God is. But that wasn't the end of the journey. When we got to her and she was sitting there shaking and so much pain the first day in ICU. She got through that first day in ICU and I'm here to tell y'all. They were so astounded. They said, I'm going to move her down a level. They moved her down, stepped her down another level. This girl walked round to her room. They said, do you want us to put a chair behind you? She said, no. So she walked to the next room, got in that room. And they said, we're going to, you know, keep you walking, keep you doing. She's got up steady walking with all these tubes that was draining from her. She's still keeping it going, keeping it going. Pain up to a nine. She's still keeping it going, keeping it going, keeping it going. I said, God, I give you glory. So through the whole process, we glorifying God, giving him glory, giving him honor, giving him praise. So then, y'all, I'm going to tell you, it's been a journey. But through the whole journey, God was glorified in this. God got to be glorified, not man. The first day she got in ICU, and Sister Sonia can verify when I was sharing it with her, she said, they don't normally take stuff off of you like that. You come in there with all of this stuff on you in ICU. She had none of it. They began to take the stuff from her IV pole. They began to unhook that. They said, you don't need the IV pole. You don't need this and you don't need that. We're going to put you in another room. The next level she went to, she supposed I had a... Uh, a room sharing with somebody. They gave her a private room. God was with us through the whole journey. But through the whole journey. Things that man say. God said you don't go on man. You go on me. So every day I spoke. Arise Ariel. For the spirit of the Lord has risen upon you today. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is quickening your mortal body right now in Jesus' name. The spirit of the life of Christ have made you free from the law of sin and death. You can do all things through Christ which strengthen you. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And every day I will light up that room. My husband will light up the room. He said, with man it's impossible, Ariel. But with God, all things are possible, Ariel. Every day we will lighten up the room. And I remember she had a nurse. He was, he was a nurse that was in training. And my sister, which has been in nursing for 35 years, she was in so much pain. She was just shivering in the bed. And my sister say, no, tell them this. No, tell them that. And I'm in between telling, 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 telling. But then when she was laying there and in all that pain, me and my husband, y'all, you know me, you know him. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. God, you're good. Pain, you got to go. 
You can't stay in this room in the name of Jesus. You represent darkness. You don't represent light. You got to get up and go in the name of Jesus. That, that uh, little nurse, that man say, I'm going to get pain medicine. I'm going to get pain medicine. He was moving like I don't know what. God is God, y'all. And God does what need to be done, but we're his vessel. So you got to get acquainted with him in a way that you got to know what to speak and when to speak it. You don't just speak in and everything. You only speak what the Lord will have for you to speak. And every day she was just walking. And this is just how good God is. When she took another walk, my brother showed up. And when he showed up, he just looking. He looking. And when she's walking, he like, I say, she's fine. She's fine. So he behind her being a bodyguard. So the first thing she said when she got up, she said, when is um, Uncle Placid coming? I said, he coming. So he came. He was there with her with the first walk. Then I had another person that came, which was Steve, like a brother that um, we grew up together. Him and his wife showed up. Guess what? They got to walk with her. And he looking down. He like, is any grips on them socks? Does she need a chair? <laughs> She said, no, I don't need a chair. So everybody got walked. Then a brother showed up. Then he got, now this is a kicker. They left my husband and her brother walking with her with no nurses or nothing. So they walking with her. And then Shirley came. Her daughter came. She had just a lot of visitors and her husband came. It was just y'all. God did what he needed to do. Why am I saying all of this? You got to be in a place. You got to be in a place with him that you hear him. You cannot depend on man, even though man is there. Man will make a mistake. You got to hear what God is saying at all times. And when you hear God and you speak in what God is saying, guess what? It changes everything. You cannot put your total dependence in man because the Bible said put no trust in man. You have to hear him. So becoming acquainted with him is knowing him. It's knowing what he want to do with that situation. And even when you're seeing a loved one going through the way they're going through and you want to do something, can't you? You know, sometimes you're hollering, do something, do something. But the only thing me and my husband can do was rest. Was rest the whole time. And this is the kicker. I had to drive. Can y'all believe it? In that city that they done all the driving in. So the first day I'm going back to the hospital, my daughter said, you got it, mama. I said, all right, girl. I can do this with the Lord's help. I'm going to do this thing. I'm like Miss Daisy. <laughs> but I said, Lord, we're going to make it. Got up the next morning, y'all, to travel back to the hospital and my husband said, all right, now Franklin Street over here, then over here, this is the way you go to the hospital. I got this. How about this lady? Turned on a one-way street. And cars coming at me. I stopped. And I said, I ain't calling him. Because if I call him, me and him going to be beside this road, having at it know him definitely wasn't gonna call daddy because daddy would have said you had no business driving anyway you know you can't drive anyway i called on jesus and i said holy spirit these cars are coming at me 
What do I need to do? He said, you're going to have an opening soon. Stay here. Watch for the opening. I was calm. I looked. Woo, there go my opening. Had to take that acro, back it up, and wheel it around. Ain't used to no GPS. Don't give me no GPS, okay? That thing wouldn't talk. I can't hold my hand up and look and drive. Wouldn't talk. I said, Holy Spirit, help me again. I got back on track, y'all. I headed to that hospital like nothing was going on. I got there. I said, whoo, thank you, Jesus. We made it. I survived. So we went through some challenges. I learned how to drive in a city I didn't never want to drive in. The traffic just coming and nobody wait for you, y'all. They don't wait on you. If you don't go, you just don't go. They don't care. So I had to do what I had to do. We took shifts. He took night. I took day. And God did what God needed to do in the midst of us. And I'm going to tell you, it takes you to another place with God. It takes you higher. Because when you become acquainted with him, you find out in becoming acquainted how much you really know him and how much he knows you. So the first thing is being acquainted with God. Tapping in. Getting up, worshiping him in spirit and in truth, knowing his character, knowing who he is. And this is what Moses wants. He said, I just want to know you. I just want to know your ways. I want to know your character. I want to know who you are. Moses wasn't concerned with the acts because he knew that was going to come with knowing God. So then God began to share with me. He said, to know me is to know my love. He said, when you know my love, I love this scripture. There is no fear in love. He said, perfect love casts out fear. He said, those that fear are not made perfect in love. That's 1 John 4, 18. He said, when you fear, you don't know my love. So when God gave me that scripture... See, when you know his love, you know no matter what, God got you. You know that God is taking care of you no matter what. He says, so to know me is to know my love. And he said, when you know my love, you know for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he gave his only begotten son so those who believe in him, see the key is believing in what he's done shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, when you really know me, you know my character, you know my love, and you know I got you. So whatever situation you're in, know my love, and you can rest in me. Knowing his love, you can take rest in God. And then the scripture, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want to ask you, do you know his love? Do you know that he loved you so much that he took on everything? Took on sin, took on sickness, took on pain. He took everything to the cross with him. He said, if I took it in my worship time, he said, if I took it, she don't have to take it. 
He said, all of this came upon me. He said, see it coming upon me. Anytime anything come at you, see it coming upon me. Because I took the griefs. I, I was wounded for your transgression. I was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. God said, it's already a done deal. When you know me, you ain't trying to get nothing done. You know it's already done. Come on, I'm hearing that in my spirit. Some of y'all still trying to get stuff done. You ain't ceased from work because you are trying to do it instead of knowing what God has done. He said, to rest in me, first of all, is to know me. Not knowing about me through someone else. See, y'all may hear me up here talking. It may be stirring up your spirit. But you got to leave out of this place and you got to open the word for yourself and say, God, I don't know what I'm going to face. I don't know what's coming next. But God, prepare me. Prepare me through your word. Get me prepared even through this teaching so I can hold on when it don't look like it's possible. When it don't look like it's going to work. God, I can hold on because I know you. I have become acquainted with you. So the more you become acquainted with him, the more you know him, you're going to know his love. Love is part of him. That's his attribute. That's his character. Then God began to tell me, he said, not only knowing my love, you're going to know my peace. He said, the kind of peace I give you is not the peace that the world give you. He said, my peace that I leave unto you is not world's peace. The peace that God give us is even when we're in the storm, we're at peace. Why? Because he is Jehovah Shalom. That means wholeness. That means completeness. That means no matter how the storm is raging, I'm at a calm. I'm not anxious. He said, take no thought. Be anxious for nothing. He said, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request made known unto God. Then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. He said, when you get to know me, you get to know peace. Then he gave me another scripture with peace. Y'all familiar with this? Mark 4, 35 through 41. This is the day that Jesus told them, let us cross over to the other side. See, when you go somewhere, you're not going to go by yourself. He go there with you. He said, let us. So he gave them the key right there. I'm going to be with you. So whatever comes up, you don't have to worry about it because I'm going to be there with you. So they was in the boat and y'all know the winds was raging. The storm was coming. I don't know about you. When you got a storm in your life, when it's dealing with your children, when it's dealing with your marriage or it's dealing with your finance, it's a storm. It's raging because you're trying to figure out how am I going to do this or how am I going to do that? And you're getting anxious and you're feeling sick. You're feeling overwhelmed. But when you know that he is with you, you can begin to say, I know that you're Jehovah Rapha. God, you are healer today i know that you're jehovah who what is that gyra you're a provider today i know that you're jehovah nisi you're a banner you victory so when you know these things there's a calmness there's a settling and during that storm they began to wake jesus up and they said master master don't you care don't you care 
And Jesus just got up and said, why are you so fearful? And he just said, peace be still. We got that same peace on the inside of us. Have you gotten to know peace? Have you gotten to know him as your peace? When you get to know him as your peace, no matter what's raging, you can be calm when everybody's running all over the place. Because you know what he said. And you going on what he said. So through the journey, God said, hear me. I don't want you to hear. I want you to hear me. And what got me, y'all, through this journey? You know, when you go through something so long, you, it, it's, it's like a calmness because you become acquainted with what you're doing. When I watched the nurses, when I watched the doctors, and I saw how they was just, when people in pain, hey, normal. Ain't nothing to them. They do this all the time. So they just as calm. They just taking their time. And now they got the key in them computers, and that take all day. So patience, yes, long-suffering, yes. They just steady keying, taking their time, tapping in the keying. And, and don't forget, scanning you, making sure they get that money. So they tapping, keying, scanning, and the patient just sitting there in pain. They just taking their time. You know why they take their time? They have a surety of what's going on. And as I sat there, I said, look at these people that have so much confidence and what they do. They don't care what you say because they're going to do what they do. Now, my two sisters that's, that's nurses, one that's been in nursing for 35 years, then uh, my baby sister, now she's a nurse practitioner, both of them telling me step by step of everything, T- calling out the medications that I couldn't even pronounce. They were on it, dun, 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 on it, making sure they were on it. My baby sister came up there to see her, and during the time she came up there, she had an episode. And the episode was, my daughter don't take medication. The highest medication she ever took was ibuprofen. That's it. On nothing but the ibuprofen. So they gave her all of this medicine, and I knew her body wasn't used to all that stuff. When they gave it to her, she said, I'm getting nauseous. So you know if you're getting nauseous and you already been cut, you can't do but so much. So she said, Mama. So I'm thinking now my, my older sister, which is the nurse practitioner, I'm going to leave her with my daughter and I'm going to run get the nurse because I knew she had to do what she had to do. My sister said, I'm going to go get the nurse. I said, okay. So I'm standing there giving God glory, praying. I say, it's okay. God got you. He, he got you through this. He you know, got you through that. He got you. I'm calm, calm as a cucumber, just giving God glory. And then it stopped. I said, God, if we're not in a place with you, we'll be angry. Because when you look at how people move, some care and some don't care. If you, ain't, if you don't know his character and you don't represent him, people don't want to deal with you. So me, I'm in my place with him. My husband in his place with him. But both of us up, just in the room singing, giving God glory, giving him praise for what he's done. Because everybody have their moment. But then when the doctor come in, so nice, 
And I'm watching her and she's telling her, I got to pull these tubes out. I got to pull the thing that's out through your heart. I got to take this out that's in your neck. And it was that long. So she was very confident. So I'm watching her and I'm hearing what she's saying. And she said, this is not going to bother you when I take it out. So confident. I do it all the time. And when I sat there and I listened to her confidence, I got angry in a way. I said, some church folks don't even have that confidence when it comes to the word. When God say what he say, and even though there's pain still in your body, it is not going to change what God said. So even though our daughter was in pain, it didn't change my mind when God said by his stripes. She was already healed. Pain got to go. She may be feeling it, but pain left over 2,000 years ago. What are you going to believe? Where is your confidence? And this is the confidence that I had in him. And the reason why I had that confidence in him, because I knew what his will was. I knew what he was saying at that time. So I give God glory. And even with my daddy, he calling and he encouraging. And, and I said, God, I give you glory for people with the word, you know, and everybody calling the ones that knew just giving God glory, sending encouragement. But at that time, the reason why the church wasn't told, because God said, this is a journey. And I had to stay focused. Amen. I ain't have time to answer no questions. I ain't had time to hear this, that, as y'all say, the third. Only thing I wanted to hear is what my heavenly father had to stay, say. So I had to be on it. He had to be on it at all times. And I said, God, I thank you. So God said, when you know me, you know peace. So why is it that some of us don't have this peace? Because we don't know him the way we need to know him. If anxiety is outweighing peace, it's because we know anxiety more than we know peace. God said, I want you to know me in a way that when things are all tore up and all messed up, you know who I am. You have become acquainted with me. And then God began to tell me this. He said, when you know me, he said, you can have some joy. So then he took me to the scripture in Nehemiah 8.10. What was going on in the book of Nehemiah 8.10, they call Ezra to read the law. The people were so excited about getting the word of God, about getting the law of Moses, what God had given to Moses, that they would stand to hear the word of God. They took the word for what it was. And as they heard the word of God, they began to cry. Sorrow began to come upon them. Why? They were convicted. Because they knew they were not doing what needed to be done according to the word. But Nehemiah began to tell them, and y'all, I like this. And Nehemiah verse 11, it says 10. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those from whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. When you understand, no matter the word supposed to let you know 
where you are. But when the word show you where you are, I'm, I remember sometimes people will call me and say, I'm still doing this. I said, rejoice, rejoice in it because God is showing you where you are, but that ain't where you have to stay. So begin to rejoice that this was showed that he showed you. Now you can move past this. Now you can give God glory and you can rejoice even in this. That's what was happening in Nehemiah. That's why it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. We quote that scripture. But do we know why we're quoting that scripture? We pull scriptures out the Bible and we quote them, but we have no revelation on them. We have no insight. We have no illumination. The light has not shined upon that scripture, but we're quoting it. But we don't know. We don't have an understanding. That's why you're depressed. That's why you're still going through the same situation because you're more focused on that situation than on what God has said about that situation. He said, you speak to that mountain. You don't tell God to speak to it. You speak to it and you tell it where it got to go. You can't stay in this house. I will rise up and I say, darkness, you get out of this room. You cannot stay in this room. Let light come in the name of Jesus. See, you got authority. God has given you the authority. Nobody can do it for you. You got to learn to do it for yourself. And the problem is, it's too many people dependent on pastors. A pastor is here to teach you in the way that you need to go. A pastor is here to guide you so when the pastor can't be there, nobody can be there. The Bible said, I will never leave you, nor shall I forsake you. I will be with you until the end. The traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. We got to learn for ourselves. And as we learn for ourselves and we come together with the same mind. Talking the same thing. Everybody that's in the church ain't talking the same thing. Ain't about God's business. You better watch who you hook up with. Because people talk nonsense. They'll talk world sense. Well, you know, this is what they say about heart surgery. Well, you know, they might not get up in a few, two, three, four days. Well, you know, click up. I don't hear that. That's why I make no calls. I only heard what God said. I ain't got time to hear what you learned. I'm learning what God said. So I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And whatever he say. When she was in so much pain. Walking good. See the devil try to come in. Walking good. Having no pain with the tubes. Got up to take a walk. And all of a sudden, she said, my pain is a nine. Something wrong, mommy, like it was before. Something is wrong. But she said, I hear this tube shifted. The doctor came in there at that time. She said, your tube shifted. She said, and those tubes, you so little, they're going to cause pain. And I want to get them out, but I can't get them out right now. She said, so I went home and I began to pray and the Lord said, her tubes, her tubes. I said, Lord, what is it with the tubes? I don't understand what you're talking about with the tubes. Went back the next day and the doctor come back in there to look at her tubes. She said, these are labeled wrong. She said, tell me this input is wrong. Why, why do you have, uh-uh. She said, I'm looking at it. Something ain't right. 
It ain't hardly nothing coming out of this tube. So why is you got this here? And the nurse was like, I said, there you go, God. You said them tubes. So that doctor said, I'm going to be back in two hours. I need this right here to be separated so I know what's being put out. I said, look at you. Look at you. God is so good. He know what to do. He know how to do it. He know when to do it. Y'all, we get tested. And we get tried. And I'm going to tell you something. The word never fails. And when she went to take... They called the physical therapist up there, and the physical therapy had to walk with her. First, they called a man in the room and said, we want to give you some stuff to assist you when you get home, a walker, this, that, and other. And he left out. The physical therapist come in, and she was walking her down the hall. And she said, I'm writing on my report. You don't need no assistance. You can go home. You don't need us no more. I don't need to come back up here. So she walking good, walking around, and everything didn't need the assistance, didn't need all that. Soon as the tube come out, no more pain. It was the tubes that was bringing the pain. So my girl got up. They said, we want you to walk now. We want you to walk. But the nurse practitioner, my baby sister, she said, what is she blowing in that thing? I said, well, she said, uh uh-uh. She got to go to 750. I said, what? 750. (laughs) I said, all right, Ariel. Come on, we're going to do this thing. So I'm speaking scriptures. I said, come on, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do this together. I'm going to speak the word. We're going to get that thing up there. Next thing I know, 750. Then my sister said, "Uh uh-uh. Where's she at now? I said, she got up to 1,000. Uh-uh, 2,500. I said, what? Girl, do you know what I got to go through? Because I'm speaking the word. I'm helping her to get to that point. But they said if you walk, you don't have to do all that. So my girl, guess what, y'all? I had to drive home. Drive her home from there. She said, Mama, you got this. She can't ride in the front seat. She said, I hate that I can't ride in the front seat. And in my mind, I'm saying, you better off in the back. <laughs> You don't see too much in the back. You better off in the back, girl. So I said, only thing I need to know, Ariel, which lane do I get in when I'm... See, I can't watch this man. Y'all know about these men, right? They, they NASCAR drivers. I can't watch him. So I said, Ariel, which lane do I get in? So she told me where to stay at. But, of course, I peeped in my mirror and I saw him get over. I said, let me go on and get over because he'll be calling in a minute. She said, Mama, why you get over there? I said, I saw your daddy. She said, I told you to stay over there. And I should have stayed over there, but I ended up back over there. So as we riding down the road, y'all, I'm like, "Mm, I got this. Speaking in tongues all the way home. I said, when I hit Fuquay, got it going on, girl. She said, Mama, I got to stop in Benson. I said, no problem. We out of the traffic. So we can keep it moving. So when this girl got home, y'all, this girl walked from our house all the way around the Lee Drive with her brother and come right back in the house. 
sat down and said, Daddy, I need to go to Walmart. I need to pick up some items. Let's go. But let me tell you, I watch her like a mother hen. When them two get together, both of them just in their own zone. She come back, Mama, guess what? I said, what, girl? I was in the front seat with Daddy. I said, say what? Your daddy didn't tell you to get in that back. Both of us forgot. Man, I just forgot. Now, you know you make mistakes too. <laughs> I said, next time, you better be in that back seat. <laughs> but God is just so, so good. So I'm going to ask you again. Are you really resting in him? Or are you resting in you? Because if you're resting in you, you don't know him. The more you rest in him, because y'all, believe it or not, we didn't want to go through that. But God said, when you trust in me, you can get through it. So every day, it was a day of knowing that he is. Who he say that he is. And he will do exactly what he says He will do. Rest in him. Cease from your labor. Ask God what would he have you to do. Because sometimes we try to depend on man more than we depending on God. But the dependency is truly on God and not man. In my scripture he said, am I not God and not man? Am I not God and not man? I'm God and I'm not man. He said, neither the son of man that I shall change my mind. He said, have I not said it to you? Shall I not do it for you? He said, have I not spoken it to you? He said, shall I not make it good for you? He said, my word is not going to return back to me void. My word is going to accomplish, it's going to make happen what I sent it to do, and it's going to succeed, and it's going to prosper. He said, what did I say to you? And the only thing I could do was worship, was praise him. And I'm going to tell you something. When you go in them hospitals, and you hear those codes, and I know some of y'all who work in them, I'm downstairs, and I'm hearing Cold, cold, this, da, 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 da. I'm at peace. I'm at peace, but I begin to pray, even for others. And even in the midst of what you're going through, it shouldn't stop you from being who God has called you to be. Because even while we were going through, I got a call for somebody that was at Duke. One of our very own, Brother Hayes. His wife called me and said, we at Duke. So I'm on the phone with Brother Hayes. I'm on the way to the hospital. And I'm speaking to him and I'm lighting it up with prayer for him. Giving God glory for Brother Hayes and thanking God for his wife and talking to them and encouraging them. And ain't mentioned nothing about our situation. Why? Because God is who he say he is. And when God put a charge on your life. You got to do what God tell you to do no matter what is going on around you. And then, and going through with our daughter, my husband get a call. 
early that morning or a text and say that their first cousin just passed, that they were raised with. So let me tell you, it's a lot of things going on when you got things going on. That's why you got to know how to rest in him for real, y'all. God is bringing this message for a reason. Don't just be quoting scriptures that you don't know about. You got to meditate on those scriptures. You got to get those scriptures deep within. And even though something happened, you may be shaken, but you're not going to be moved. You're going to be like that tree planted beside the rivers of living water. That no matter when that storm come, that tree is not moved because the living water is there. Giving that tree nourishment, strengthening that tree. He's the vine, we're the branches. As long as we connect to that tree, guess what? There's nothing missing and nothing broken. But I'm going to tell you, God did what he needed to do. And I thank God for raising godly children. Because my daughter went through this laughing. And I remember when she was on her job one night, she had passed out. And it wasn't due to a heart. It was due to that first other surgery she had. She called her daddy laughing. She said, Daddy, I blanked out, got back up, going back to work. I'm good. You want us to come up here? Don't come up here. You know what we did? No, we didn't. We went in the living room, turned on some music, said, devil, you're going to lose her. In the name of Jesus, you can't have her. So you're going to lose her in the name of Jesus because God got a call on her life. And you're going to turn loose her right now in Jesus' name. So we up 3 o'clock in the morning getting our praise on, sending the word to her. And then when I went up there and I'm helping her, in her apartment, folding up clothes. She said, put it down. I said, put it down. She said, yeah, because I want to see what I can do. Because you ain't going to be here. I couldn't do nothing but turn my head. Because the tears was about to come, and I just lift my hands. I said, God, y'all want to tell you something. November the 10th of this year, my daughter will be 25 years old. God had me to meditate on Abraham. Abraham waited 25 years to get Isaac. He went through some things before Isaac came. And he reminded me. He said, are you fully persuaded that I will do what I said that I will do? I said, God, I'm fully persuaded. But I can tell you this. I call her little mama. Little mama had to make that decision for herself about having that surgery. She made the decision to have it. She said, I didn't have it because I was having trouble. She said, I had it because they told me that eventually my heart would get weak. Now, check this. This was at birth. Heart didn't get weak. God is a miracle working God the surgeon said I want to know how did she go this long and nothing happened I said God I'm not going to be ashamed of my God see you cannot make decisions because man say 
Because when you make decisions because of what man say, man can mess you up. You got to wait on what God says, and God will take care of the rest. So what's impossible with who? What's impossible with man is possible with God. So I'm going to leave with you today. Are you resting in God? Are you resting in you? Because your marriage may look okay now. Your children may look okay. Your job may look okay. But just because it's okay don't mean it's okay. So you got to be okay through the word of God knowing this is what God is saying. So I'm going to go on what he is saying. And I hear this in my spirit. It's time to open this word for real. Some of y'all in this room, you ain't in this word the way you need to be. You hitting and missing. And when you get in there, you think you're doing something. But if the word ain't in you and that seed ain't planted and it ain't being meditated upon, you're going to know where you are when something happens. We got to quit trying to fake it to make it. See, this is what I learned in ministry. You can't give up what God has given you because of something going on in your life. You can't drop what God has put in your hand because something is going on in your life. You don't drop your job. Why are you dropping God? People drop God when something is going on in their life. I'm tired. I can't come to church. But you ain't too tired to make some more money. Come on, I'm real. It's time to put him first and foremost. We shouldn't drop him. He should be above everything else. We shouldn't be lazy when it comes to God. Because God said, am I not God? Am I not Elohim? Am I not the creator and maker of all things? I made you. You didn't make yourself. If you want to push like the woman with the issue of blood. I'll give you that push. But God said, I know your heart. And I know where your heart is. Because if your heart is before me, it don't matter if you're dragging. You're going to get up and you're going to be revived. Because see, I could have just laid home today. Eight days of off and on sleep. Not because I was worried. But because we were busy doing what we need to do. I said, you think I'm going to leave God out? Do you think I'm going to sit home when God has got words in my belly for the people? Do you think I'm just going to lay home and cross my legs? No, he put a charge on my life. How can I teach you not to give up? And I give up. The devil is a lie. So church, we need to rise up. We need to do what we're being taught. We need to quit trying to fake it to make it. Either you're going to be with God or you're not going to be with God. It's nothing too hard for God no matter what situation you're in. It may be addiction. He overcome addiction. If you keep on keeping on for God and keep your focus on him, you will see the manifestation. Even before it manifests naturally, you will see it spiritually, and that's what keeps you going. You don't wait on natural. You look to spiritual. So are you resting? Are you truly resting in God or resting in yourself? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And y'all, I want to say this. As I was saying, I thank God for godly children. 
Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.